You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Wow, what is what's going on there, Sean? Are you? You sound like you're uh, like a 1940s actress. Trying Wait, to, trying to sound really 1940s actress. Well. I'm gonna go with actress because okay. it was it's from Explain. the 40s. Okay, but just they, I feel like they used to have this kind of breathy delivery, oh. or like I don't know. I've never seen a a movie from earlier than 1960, except for The Wizard of Oz. I've never seen a black and white movie from earlier than 19, 1960. True story. I, and you've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies, and I do remember them, unlike you. But you know, to me. I, I couldn't, I can't get past the fact that I feel like the dialogue in all those old movies is like, "Hey, Tim, how are you doing?" It's you know, it's like it's it's all like very artificial. It doesn't feel genuine, right? Yeah, it doesn't draw me in and feel like this is a real thing, like Barbie. You know, right. there was a movie, like a movie delivery, like a, a a type of delivery in those movies, and it's the same. That's what I was going for with your hello. It just. Oh. Seemed like you're kind you, of you, you're going with the breathy, yeah, kind of the yeah. breathy, almost like sexy, like almost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is awkward now, but okay. yeah. Hey, can I tell you all about my? I got a new um, dynasty uh, superflex team that oh. I'm just I'm really excited about my roster. I want to tell you all about it. Let's hear it. Okay, just curious what you just your. I, I feel like you might have some feedback for me, so I I went with uh, Joe Burrow. I'm interested. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I'm interested. Uh, and then it's a superplex. So I, I through quarterback three, I went with Josh Dobbs. I figured, like, why not? And then, and then running back, I went with Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, mm. uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, oh, I, I handcuffed up things. So I brought in like Deion Jackson for Jonathan Taylor and like Rashad Penny for DeAndre Swift, just because yeah. you told everybody that Rashad Penny would be the starting running back. <laughs> and then I brought in Zach Charbonnet because <clears throat> you told everybody that Zach Charbonnet would be the starting running back. Uh, and then Did I, I actually say that one? Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Maybe. Uh, and then I went with T. Higgins and Drake London and Kadarius Tony. Wow, because you said exciting. Wait, and Christian Kirk because you said I was not a T. Higgins guy. Tyler Lockett for the record because you said Tyler Lockett. Um, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't a Kirk guy either. Look, you're just Dallas Goddard, Chigo Conquo, who for sure you said yeah, Chigo I did. Conquo. Uh, and then I went with God, kicker, you know, kicker defense. I went Graham Gano and Giants defense. And I just wanted to let you know, it appears that I got zero points. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, week one, like, like there's definitely rosters out there that. We're probably not terribly far from that. Like I scored, like if you could I scored easily... seven points this week. You did? No, no, no. Like oh, spe- or, there might or, be a yeah, poor yeah, yeah. soul or, or out worse. Here. Like if you could literally go with you drafted Aaron Rodgers and and Jonathan Taylor and you know whatever DeAndre Swift and T Higgins and Drake London like that could and, and 
Goddard. That could easily be a starting five, and you would end up with 0.3 points. Wow. That's amazing. It unless really unless you manage to also add in Dean Jackson to cover, you, you picked up Dean Jackson to cover for um, Jonathan Taylor, and he got negative one point two points. So you could actually end up the season or that game with negative points. Wow. There are probably rosters out there that had that. I, I think there were some bad weeks. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So week one, how did it go for you? Uh, I am in three leagues. I'm in our salary cap league. I'm in a couple of redraft leagues. I went three and zero. Oh. Did you? I did. I went one and zero because I played a terrible team that I I declared before the game that I would win by thirty, and I only won by like twelve. But but, but you won. But I won. Yeah, I I'm uh, a couple of the leagues. I had the Brandon Ayuk on the bench. That didn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. Uh, I had the Dallas defense on a oh, couple of teams. Yeah, so I saw that it was it like forty some points or something. Like uh, that. It was like th- it was in the thirties. Yeah, for yeah, both leagues. And that's nuts. They're scoring so. Yeah, so we're, that's what we're talking about today. We have our week one market report. Uh, we're just going to check in on nice transition. each of the games uh, that happened this past week. And uh, for me, anyway, I approached it f- kind of with the eye towards, was there something that surprised me or a takeaway that I had from uh, each of the games? Uh, I don't know if you did kind of the same thing, Sean. but Well, I think we'll discuss it. I took my notes. You took your notes. You, I will listen to you recap your games. I will tell you if I had similar observations or uh, or different ones. Right. And uh, and then I think I think we honestly, this is I feel like this is one of those episodes that's always super long. So we probably should just get right into it, right? All right, let's get into it. We're gonna go. Well, this isn't kind back. Of, kind kind of, of back. Kind of back to the future. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, but not the game that happened on Thursday. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a little late. We're late recording. We're a little late. Tim was sick. So, yes, I wasn't feeling well. So we're recording on Friday night. So the Eagles-Vikings I'm just, just happened. I'm you for everything. But, yes, but we will end new? with Eagles-Vikings. Yes, we'll end with that. But the game that happened the week before, the Eagles versus the Patriots, uh, the question for me kind of before the season was who's going to lead this backfield? Well, yeah, is it DeAndre Swift? Clearly, DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny. Those are the only two choices. <laughs> well, no, no, I threw Gainwell. I even threw Boston Scott in you there. You did. You did. But uh, at least in week one, Kenneth Gainwell was the lead back by far. He had 14 carries. Both Boston Scott and Swift had one. Uh, so there wasn't really a question after week one. Uh, Gainwell also caught all four targets. Uh, Swift had caught one of two, and Scott caught his only target. So uh, Gainwell was clearly the lead back, both on the ground and through the air. Um, we know now that week two looked a little different, but we'll get to that. Spoiler alert. Right. Uh, another takeaway I had in this game, Goddard had zero. Just, just to be really clear, interrupt you. If we had recorded this one on time, I would have told people, don't put too much store in this Kenneth Gainwell as the primary back. I did not buy this. Well, he got hurt. I think if I think if he didn't get hurt, Sean, I'm, he he might have been in the lineup versus the Vikings. He might have been, but but I, things would have looked different. Yeah, but he wouldn't have. But I, he he's just a guy. Kenny Gainwell is just a guy, and he might be given have been given that role in that situation. But I'll hold off on my final thoughts because okay. we do have the advantage, at least with the Eagles, of having two games under our belt. Sounds good. Uh, what I, I started saying, Goddard had zero receptions on one target in week one. Mm. 
uh, a surprise there. And actually, we now, well, I sh- I'm always tempted to go forward since we've seen the Eagles play again, but we will get to that as well. Over on the New England Patriots side, Stevenson had 12 carries for only 25 yards. Zeke carried seven times, had 29 yards. So and, a, and a big fumble. Not yet. Yeah, there was a big fumble for Zeke as well. So not really a lot of production on the ground. However, it was 4.1 yards per carry for Zeke and only 2.1 per carry for uh, Stevenson. So a little concerning perhaps, but something to keep an eye on anyway. Stevenson caught six, all of his targets, six targets for 64 yards, and Zeke caught five of seven for 14 yards. So Stevenson was still making more hay through the air. I love that phrase. I don't know what it means, but I love it. Making hay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what, where it comes from, making yeah. hay. I mean, it's got to be an old, you know, agricultural. It's one of the things that you make, they're making hay. I don't know. Making whoopee. Well, that can make that Do too. people actually ever, did anybody ever actually use that turn of phrase? Except for in the Newlywood game. Is that the only place that it was ever, people actually used that phrase? There's a song, I think, that has a reference to making whoopee. Oh, that's true. It is like from the 50s. Yeah. It is an old song. 100% yeah. right. Yep. So what's your, what's your takeaway on some of these things? Like, you know, I mean, like, what are the things that, we'll get to the Eagles, but let's just focus on the Patriots for right now. Is there anything here that you thought, okay, this is, like, I feel like I have a different answer for, for Stevenson versus Zeke or... You know, I mean, I have I have mine, but I'm gonna let you go first. I don't. I, I, this concerns me a little bit for Stevenson to see Zeke come in. It was it was versus uh, versus a very good uh, run defense in the New England pa- Patriots. So, but it, what concerns me is Stevenson getting 2.1 yards per carry when Zeke was getting 4.1. Um, Old Zeke. And it's old Zeke. So, you know, that just gives me a little bit of pause. I thought that Zeke was not going to come in and be a, a, you know, a 50-50 back. And that's still me. Wasn't. He wasn't. He got half the carries, basically. But, so it's still two-thirds, one-third in terms of carries. But production. Yeah. But I feel like that can vary. It can. I'm not overly concerned still. You're and still I, basically in on Stevenson. I mean, if, my, my, if I remember what I had to say about it was I felt like – I felt like – Zeke was going to hurt Stevenson a little bit. Um, but really, he was going to be kind of like just like that every third series kind of a guy who comes in and maybe helps out in, in particularly important pass protection assignments and whatnot. So I, I wasn't all that nervous about it. And I don't think I still am. I don't think Zeke can, is necessarily going to hold up for a full season. And he's just in line just to kind of give him relief. And he could be good at that. He's not a bad running back. I don't know. The the error usage, Zeke actually had an extra target over Stevenson. Yeah. Seven versus six. So uh, it wasn't, they didn't go for many yards, but I don't know. He might be a little bit more of a fly in the ointment than, than I originally thought, but okay. I'm not, I'm not predicting that. It's just something I'm going to keep an eye on. I will, I will say, uh, I didn't watch a lot of this game. What I would say is, some folks that uh, do some charting and whatnot that I, I, I've paid attention to uh, were fairly complimentary on Mac and thought that he actually looked quite good and brought, and I will say, 
I think it, if I remember rightly, didn't the didn't the Patriots have an offensive coordinator last year that was yeah, that it was a defensive pa- coordinator pa- pa- uh, Patricia, Patricia right? who was yeah. a defensive so, like, guy? Maybe I've never been high in Mac Jones, but maybe just maybe like coaching matters a little bit, and yeah. he may have be in line for a little bit better year than than people are, are thinking. And just one more stat from this game, because it was notable. Uh, Kendrick Bourne ended up six receptions, 64 yards, two touchdowns. So very productive day for Bourne. We'll see if that continues. I feel like he's the guy that, there that you would want. He's the only guy there that you'd be interested in. I mean, there's Devon, uh, is it nah, Devontae Parker's Devante there? Parker's there, but no. Yeah. He, has, he had his uh, shining moment when he got named... Uh, we put <laughs> when on we the, named an award we, after him. Yeah, and that's that was it. That was that was his moment. All right. Uh let me talk about Lions, Chiefs. Everybody saw this game. Uh there were a couple of things that I was paying attention to. One was usage for uh Montgomery versus Gibbs. And uh Amadi got eighty percent of the snaps. Yeah, he was uh, on the Gibbs field all the time. Twenty seven percent of the snaps. If you are good at math, you will know that that is more than 100%, which means uh, they're, they're both playing a decent amount, or at least a, a, um, a notable amount. Um, but to me, this is basically kind of what I expected. I, I, I don't think just drafting Jameer Gibbs, a lot of people are like, oh, he is gonna, he's going to get this entire workload, and he's going to get all this passing game uh, work, and he's going to be you know instant – superstar and that may come but but they're going to we've seen what they do on that team with uh, a running back like like Jamal Williams last year and they're just going to they're going to pound the rock with Monty a good amount of the time and they're going to use it's like a thunder lightning approach that's just what we're going to see and you may end up not being super happy with both but you also may be happy with both depending on the week um I don't see that changing. I don't think that one of these one of these backs is going to emerge with the, the whole enchilta. Uh, I think they're both going to be sharing and both going to be getting work out of it. Um, I, I feel like I have because I'm sure we have new listeners since the last time we explained possible, the whole possible. enchilta. Uh, where our kids play it in a fantasy football league together, and they started this back when they were maybe like, like think, between seven. I think my and, little one was like. Five. He was very young, and and my kids were maybe like nine or ten or something like that. But uh, yeah, still didn't win the league. One of, one of the teams was uh, going for the whole enchilada for his team name, and yeah. and he wrote it up on the board as the whole enchilta, and so it's that's that's what it is now. And your and your youngest, the five year old, yeah. uh, when we asked what do you want your team name to be, he went yeah. Pokemon's maybe. So that was the name of his teammate. His Pokemon's maybe. Okay, so uh, wide receivers, um, Detroit, uh, they did a lot of three receiver sets, um, which is they got Amon Ross, St. Brown, 94% of snaps, big target share, 25%. Uh, Josh Reynolds uh, played a lot, 70% of snaps, uh, 20% target share. Marvin Jones played a little bit less, got a decent uh, target share as well. I think that that's just what we're going to see. It's going to be a team that's going to be in three receiver sets. And, it, you know, Josh Reynolds halfway through the season will probably disappear once they um, get their full complement of receivers back. But 
Uh, Laporta. GMO is back. Yeah, GMO. Uh, Laporta, 80, as a rookie, 83% of snaps um, got the ball. Uh, he's going to play. And uh, and I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, so for those of you who drafted Laporta, I think I think you might get some decent production out of, out of him this rookie year. Uh, the Chiefs, I thought, uh, are a mess. Uh, they barely lost the game, but like there, there, were, there wasn't anything about the offense that looked right. Uh, I thought Mahomes didn't look right. I have zero worries about Pat Mahomes overall, but I will say the running back usage, nobody really distinguished them, uh, themselves. Pacheco played a little bit more than McKinnon and CEH, but, uh, McKinnon, like you think he'd be like this passing game guy, but he really, I think he, he maybe had one or two targets, like not much. Um, and nobody really did anything. And then the wide receiver rotation was absolutely gross. Mm. Um, MVS more, uh, played more than the rest, but like, um, but like not much, like we got like Skymore didn't look good. And, um, and, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony that, looked was, bad. that was like one of downright bad. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, he he looked like he was being asked to play wide receiver for the first time. And when I say wide receiver, I mean like actual wide receiver, like run a full route tree and he just doesn't know how to do that. So when he when he gets open, like I think he didn't know how to deal with it sounds insane as an NFL player, but he he, he just it seemed out of touch with his body and not able to make what should have been pretty simple catches. Uh, downfield because I think he's been kind of a gadgety guy, and I think that's what he knows what what to do. But he looked like a guy with the yips to me. Well, it became that. It became that. I think. Um, so there's a, a couple things that I took from it a little bit. One, uh, I don't know at what point in time people should throw in the towel on Sky Moore. And it's not, I'm not saying Skymore is awful. What I'm saying is he hasn't shown anybody anything to suggest that he's any good. He was a guy that had a lot of hype. It, it didn't pan out. I think he had like 200 yards last year, like really low production. Mm -hmm. It was a bad rookie. And year. you can make, there's a lot of, he's, I've not seen a whole lot of people make more excuses for, for people than, than, than Skymore excuses. It reminds me of like Denzel Mims excuses. There's a million excuses for Denzel Mims. Um, but he just hasn't done anything. He doesn't, it's not like, <clears throat> it's not like he's inconsistent. Oh, he had this great play, but then he doesn't like Pickens the, disappears and then has like this great play and you could kind of see it. I can't think of a single play that Skymore has ever done where I've been like, oh, that was that's a great play. So I, <laughs> um, I would probably be looking for some game where he has a has a, some decent numbers and then move him. Um, you know, who surprised me is I like Rasheed Rice. He looked better than I would have expected. I would expect him to have kind of like the – clinky hands and, and what, and I think he had maybe a drop or two as well, but he just looked the part. He looked like he might be the most talented receiver on that team. He probably has to put a lot of things together, but if I'm like actually banking on somebody to actually end up being like a difference maker in the future, 
he's the he's the the horse that I would bet on. I, I would I would yeah. say, yeah. the horse I would back. I'm not sure. No, I think you uh, I think you had the right metaphor there. Um, so that that's my other big picture observation is, is okay. So this is a game with Travis Kelsey was out, and like they didn't necessarily know he was going to be out until pretty late. So they maybe had a game plan with him in mind, and they had to they had to you know run a fire drill over trying to figure out how to how else to win this game. But like, I'm a little troubled for Pat Mahomes this year because he can basically, I think, make something as long as he's got like a one reliable receiver, and maybe one and a half. Like last year, he, they they lost Tyreek, but you know he had. Juju isn't great, but he's a pretty reliable guy. And now I think he doesn't have that. And if, when, when Kelsey wasn't there, he just truly had nothing. And uh, with with Kelsey there, then, you know, and that if he's the only thing, like defenses are just going to – they've been trying to do this for a while, but if they don't have anything else to worry about, they will find a way of taking away Kelsey. And somebody else is going to have to step up, and for me – it's got to be Rasheed Rice. I think that ultimately that's where you're going to see Mahomes start to get back in the groove is when he's got at least one other person that can consistently beat man coverage and get open. And and Rice is the only guy that I can see that coming from at this point. All right. On to the Baltimore Ravens versus Houston Texans. Uh, again, I didn't, I didn't go in depth on every player, go over all the stats for each of these uh, teams, but the thing that jumped out to me that Nico Collins, kind of as you predicted, Sean, um, really stepped up. He does seem to be the number one wide receiver there in Houston. He was targeted 11 times, caught six of those passes for 80 yards. Uh, I take a look at Bobby Woods. Yeah, I did not expect that. He was also targeted a bunch, 10 times, also had six receptions, but he only had 57 yards. So He's ne- old. He's I know. old. I'm just saying, Nico Collins had a 13.3 yards per catch average. Bobby Woods, 9.5. Um, so Nico Collins does look to be probably the receiver to own there, at least for the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, stepping over to the Baltimore side of the ball, Zay Flowers was targeted 10 times. OBJ and Bateman were targeted three. Now this is just week one. We don't want to overreact, but so, yeah. So I so his the the first read target percentage for Zay Flowers was something like sixty percent, which basically means that they were looking to go to him as much as and I think he might have had the highest percentage in the league for for that week. Um. I think Zay Flowers is going to be the top receiver on this team. Yeah, me too. And, and I think I was I was a little uncertain because I thought, well, I mean, I, I was not really into on Bateman, but I thought OBJ might do something and whatnot. But I think Zay Flowers is, and I'm not trying to twist the knife on you, Tim, but I, I think he's going to be a very, very good player. And I I may have to eat some crow if, if he gets a thousand yards because i did say no 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 yeah. receiver would get a thousand yards and i think he might yeah and you you mentioned me eating crow because he's the guy i wanted in the draft and i yes. got cute and i didn't get him he's um right there. but he's but right there. since you were going through your your uh, mythical super flex team oh, god um and saying like uh, i made the all these bad predictions this is one i this is one i i got right 
oh, think. Oh, 100%. Like, I saw Zay Flowers. You just, didn't, you just didn't execute I didn't execute the plan. But the but, advice you gave everybody, yeah. spot on. All right. All right. <laughs> That's all I got for the Ravens and Texas. Like I said, I just took a few highlights, yeah, things no, I wanted I to take away I don't from the think, game. Honestly, there's not. I mean, I think, you know, um, Andrews is out, likely did nothing. Um, I think that there's some interesting things that are gonna. There wasn't a, some miracle, as I said. There wasn't some miracle, different production by Lamar, but I guess, it it came out different because uh, because oh, and we probably should talk about the fact that's, that Dobbins. That's is what out I was going to say. Year. Dobbins is out, and and maybe the question there that we can discuss that might be helpful. Or maybe not. This is coming out probably too late to really help. But do you think Justice Hill or Gus Edwards is going to become the more valuable fantasy running back in Baltimore? I mean, I will say Gus played more. I I had it. I I picked up Gus. Uh, I could have picked up Justice Hill. I picked up Gus. So I, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Gus. He's the one who's familiar to them with them. But I watched Hill. I thought Hill actually looked pretty good. And he got a little more work in the air, if I remember. Yeah, and he's and you know he's he's bigger yeah. than I remember. He's gotten a little bit bigger. So like one of my major problems with Justice Hill coming in was that he just seemed a little too small for the position, and he's put he's put some weight on. So I, I'm I'm not super confident. I. I bet on Gus, um, but I'm not. Hill might be the might be the guy that has a little more juice in his younger legs. He might end up being the the guy that they throw to more often and put in on the goal line. And it's not going to be Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so <laughs> I think I I think Hill will probably end up being the the uh, more productive fantasy player Maybe. in Baltimore. Uh, Gus is is a good goal line back though, so it's it it, it really truly is. I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't. It might end up in a split, but, but, you know, that's it's unfortunate. We, Davins was in the the last year of his contract. We've we've kind of gone down this road before. He's had a million injuries, so I do feel terrible for him. I have him. I roster him on my team, and I considered trading one of my running backs. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, week one I'm already tapping into my depth, right? So, um, but, but uh, it. You know it's awful, and I don't understand why we we can't solve the Achilles injuries problems in the NFL, and also why we can't solve the fact that running backs don't get paid. Anyway, on to that. Let's go to Atlanta and Carolina. Um, interesting, as you predicted. See, you know, I, I crapped on you in the beginning because, but like, <laughs> this is this is how abusive people act, and they then they tell you all the nice things to make you feel good. Wow. Um, you got to find a new host. You predicted. <laughs> That there that the Atlanta rushing game was going to be a closer split between Bijan and Algier than people were ready to accept. The split was sixty three to fifty six percent. I think you ultimately said it might be like fifty five forty five. Well, yeah. this is more than a hundred percent. So if you were to prorate it down to a hundred percent, you're pretty spot on. And and honestly, Algier was the more productive fantasy player. People were talking about Bijan. Bijan had some had some nice plays. He had one ridiculous uh, touchdown uh, that I thought he just looked all world. He's a great player. Yeah. He's a great player, and I'd love him, and I wish I had him on my team, but I don't. But um, it's because you're the you weren't the worst team in the league last. I year, wasn't the worst team. In the That's league. the reason. Tyler Algier, though, is somebody I did draft last year, and I traded him away, and I'm a little, I'm a little like, hmm, 
even I was kind of feeling like maybe that was a decent trade at first when they drafted Bijan. Now I'm kind of like, nah, Alshir might still be a valuable player because they run a stone age offense in Atlanta. And that to me is the other big, uh, big takeaway here is that we're all thinking that they're going to can support a, a top level wide receiver and top level tight end. Well, last year it emphasized the wide receiver and, and, and Drake London had a nice, really nice rookie season. Um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, they're not going to let Desmond Ritter cook. I don't think, I think they're going to, this is going to be one of these offenses where they might run the ball 40 times a week. And we think we saw 18 passes out of Ritter. Like it might not always be quite like that, but they won the game and why would they change? So, uh, so I think that that is, uh, Pitts and Lennon combined for two catches on four targets. Mm. Um, they ran 12 personnel, um, which two tight ends about 85% of the time. So like, you know, I don't think you're going to see a, <laughs> a second. You, I'm sure Drake London is going to do better than zero points. Mm -hmm. Right. But, uh, I don't like, you might be more likely to see like productive games out of John New Smith and like Mac Hollins, like mm. the number two receiver. Uh, as far as Carolina goes, um, uh, Miles Sanders, I think you and I were both in on him. Uh, he does look like a workhorse back in a bad offense. I, I think he's going to have a slow start because I think they got a lot to figure out there in Carolina, but I do expect a strong finish with him. Uh, Bryce Young, to me, uh, struggled in a lot of ways. Uh, he threw some, some picks that like were instant replays of each other. Like Maybe he didn't learn the lesson quite right away. Uh, he seems to be a smart guy, so I'm not super worried about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's expected. That's kind of part of the growing pains probably. I, you just don't really want to see like literally the exact same yeah, mistake made like one quarter later. Yep. He was heavily pressured all day. They played mostly 11 personnel. Um, top snap share uh, getter among receivers was uh, Terrace Marshall. Did not expect that. Edging, <laughs> out, not... edging out Adam Thielen and John Mingo. Uh, none of them were at all productive. But uh, but I thought again the problem I think w was up front. Uh, Mingo is uh, somebody who has been promoting Mingo. He had at least one really nice toe tap catch on the sideline, another catch in the slot that was really good, and he got free what should have been a ninety yard touchdown pass and just Young missed him, but he had three steps on the guy. And Mingo just felt so at home because that's exactly what happened in college all <laughs> the time. Like, Hey, I'm wide change. I am nine yards open. I mean, he, and it, it was my quarterback can't get me. It the was ball. it was just like you know he was it was like you know those the ninety nine yard plays are always so exciting. It was so close to busting that open. Um, oddly, Hayden Hurst led the team with seven targets, scored a touchdown. He was featured a lot, uh, so he's my nominee for for uh, Bryce Young's uh, Nookie Blanky, which. These young quarterbacks sometimes go with, uh, the, the, sometimes fall in love with the tight end. Right. Hayden Hurst isn't any good at football, but if he's the nookie blanky, he might have a, a decent amount of volume. And I have the uh, the the fortune we of should being do a nookie blanky award. I like I like nookie blanky, but I also see in the doc here. I have the privilege of seeing another one liner that you didn't use. That you you feel good about your predictions on Mingo, and you said, mm -hmm. "Do you see it? Do you remember?" No. 
I'm calling. You said. Oh, oh God! I didn't say. I said. I'm saying. I'm. I, wow, wow. Yeah. You, you just felt so bad that I missed saying this, didn't you? I just. It's. Yes, think I, it's kind of. But fun. now it's like it might have like some a little play. cheesy. I did say I'm. I'm still calling bingo on bingo. Is what <laughs> there I said. There you go. The doc. And I, I meant you're right. I did mean to see it, but I have. I'm like three drinks in after, <laughs> after some sushi with some friends. So. Thanks uh, for the invite. Uh, you gotta <laughs> be a soccer kidding. dad. You gotta be a soccer dad. Oh, no, thanks. I'll skip. I'll skip the sushi <laughs> for that. All right, on to the Cleveland Browns and Bengals. You ready, Sean? Yes. This, it was a bad weather game. It was. Uh, it was ugly. I, I Honestly. How did it feel not needing your Joe Burrow production? for Because the rest of your team went nuts, right? Well, so how did you yeah. feel about getting 80 yards out of Joe Burrow? Well, I didn't feel good. I'll tell you that. Uh, but, yeah, this is one of the teams I have the Dallas Cowboys defense on. So, uh, I, I was able to hang in there and get the win. But honestly, this is one of those games where I think you just take it, you you put it in, you know, roll yeah. it up into a ball and throw it in the trash can. Right. I don't think there's a lot to take away on the Cincinnati side anyway. I think over on the Browns side, uh, not that it was a great game over uh, for the Browns either, but Deshaun Watson, I thought, didn't suck. Which... I mean, that's not usually what he's known for. Right. <laughs> Just saying, he's been a good football player. Okay, right, right. Um, I mean, that last year. So he finished with 154 yards, one touchdown, and one interception, which is not great, obviously. But yeah, that uh, that those that does suck. Just because it's it better does. than Joe Burrow doesn't mean it doesn't <laughs> suck. Those well, are awful numbers. But if you were if you were playing him in fantasy, at least he had I played five, against him. I played against him. Five. The your opponent started him. Yeah, because like my, it seems awful. So uh, he did put up five rushes. Remember, he traded a number top three draft pick for Deshaun Watson. All right. So it's Watson, so to to help his team out, he had five rushes for forty five yards and a touchdown. So Which that, is, that's old Deshaun Watson for you. I mean, that's sure. that's what he used to do. He he gets you your, the numbers one way or another. Right. So that's that was my he didn't suck. Uh, analysis on that he he, he got you fantasy wise he got you a decent score for your fantasy team uh elijah moore and amari cooper both had seven targets which i found interesting uh cooper or uh elijah moore got more more action or at least the fact that he was equal with cooper in this game was just something i was like mm, i'm gonna just I, put a put a pin in that and keep an eye they're pretty excited about elijah moore there I think so too, and I th- he got a couple of carries too. So I feel like they're working to get the ball in his hands, which which you gotta like if he's on your team. Uh, and then David and Joku is a guy we've talked about. I think we've we've both liked. Uh, he ended up with three targets, two receptions, twenty four yards. You know, I mean, in a hundred fifty four yard yes. passing performance, that's, and and a bad weather game. That's so. what you, you might get. I, I just as you said, there's very little we can actually like. I I can't. Action wise, I can't take a whole lot from that other than, you know, Mixon didn't do a whole lot. The receivers, uh, T. Higgins, zero receptions on eight targets. I'm not remotely worried about that. But one thing I did hear some people talking about lately, though, was, and I'm curious about this, is that Joe Burrow has a lower leg injury. And I heard some people speculating that some of his troubles this game. The weather was a part of it, but also he maybe couldn't step into his throws very well. 
and that you know he's also less mobile and and that is something that you could see so i'm a little curious to see if this is something that lingers obviously joe burrow is a quarterback that you and i both like quite a bit um so i'm hoping that's not the case because uh, that would really mess up a lot of people who are we're banking on the Bengals being a, a really 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 good fantasy team this year right but um I, I'm not certainly hair on fire alarming it yet, but I'm I'll pay attention to week two. Right. Uh Tampa Bay, Minnesota. Ooh, this one hurt. Um and again, we know Minnesota played. We're, we're coming, we're, coming we're, around. I'm really just gonna talk about this one from from this perspective, but there's some themes we'll get to. Uh, uh Rashad White, seventy nine percent snap share, uh which tells me that it doesn't really matter if you're not any good at football because he's not any good at football. He just isn't. And the idea that they're they're not going to eventually, because, like, the team, they got to win. They didn't look terrible. And, like, at some point in time, like, does playoff Lenny get a phone call and say, you know, we need somebody to come in the, to run the football here because Rashad White's not going to be it. Um. I mean, it's it's the Najee Harris effect, honestly. Like <laughs> it is, but Najee Harris is still quite better. a bit better. He's better. Um, Evans and Godwin, uh, the only relevant pass catchers here. Uh, there's a lot of people who like Baker for some reason, who are like, "Oh, Baker had a great game." You know, Baker was okay. I didn't think he had a great game. Um, I think that those are the only people that you that you care about, but I wouldn't expect career years out of them. I'm a little curious whether Mike Evans can put together another 1,000-yard season in this offense, but I think he might. Uh, in Minnesota, um, we talked about Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler. We'll discuss that again later on. Madison had a 73% snap share. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of uh, debate in Minnesota as who their top back is, but he did look pedestrian. Um and uh, my advice before this last game was I would try to move him <laughs> before it's too late. Now, it may be too late. The window may have, may have closed. I mean, uh, the Viking, well, you're talking because of what happened yeah, in, on yeah, this, in the yeah. second game. Yeah. I, you know, the Eagles are. And the Eagles are a really good defense, and the Vikings were down, I think, a couple offensive sure. linemen. So, like, you could sell those facts. Yeah, if you can, go for it. But I would maybe wait until he has like a, sure. a decent game. Uh, KJ Osborne, ninety-one percent snap share. Uh, Addison only fifty-six percent. Um, uh, they were equal in targets. Um, uh, Kirk threw an interception, a critical interception on a route that KJ Osborne just did not win, and he needed a win. So I'm not saying. And Addison got a touchdown. So I was like, well, you might see. Um, a shift, you know, and actually, well, spoiler alert, we did see a little bit of a shift, but I think the Vikings, like Hey Jasper, and they're going to continue to give him opportunities to, to be successful. He's just, he, from from watching, because we get to watch the, the Vikings right. and pay attention to them here in Minnesota, but um, Addison is still learning the pro game from, from what I see. Right. Obviously, and they're putting him in in situations to be successful, right? But he is um, so Osborne is getting you know the snaps, he's getting more work. But uh, yeah, I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, I think I do think it's a matter of time. I agree. I mean, I think Osborne can be productive, and we'll see how this works out over time. But 
Um, I would say uh, and the TJ Hawkinson was heavily featured uh, and productive. And, and, and if you've got Hawkinson, it's going to be continued that way all year long. He's yeah. a very important part of this offense and he looks, um, he looks good. And, and, these were thoughts you had prior to week two, the That's week true. two games. So. That's true, but nothing's changed on that. No, regard. no, probably even more so. All right, we're looking at Jacksonville and Indianapolis for the next game. Uh, there was the we had a discussion on the underrated players. I think it was that uh, both Kirk and Ridley were down at the wide receiver three level. Uh, in I ADP. think we both preferred Ridley quite a bit. We Kirk. did, and it played out that way, at least in week one. Ridley had 11 targets. He looked great. He looked great. Had He caught eight of those. He had 101 yards and a touchdown. No rust. I remember I said, I, I kind of said he might be a David Montgomery player, only if he starts out slow. Well, he's already not started out slow, so he's in line for a really nice year. Right. And then you compare that. With Kirk, who caught one of three of his targets and had nine yards on the day. Now, Oof. I don't expect the the difference to be that stark going forward, but at least in week one, Ridley was by far the better player. HCN looked good, uh, and it was it should be a tough Colts run defense this year, given the players that they have uh, on their defensive line and linebackers. Uh, but he had 104 total yards and a touchdown, so he looked better than I expected. I had concerns for HCN uh, when I looked back at last year on the defensive splits versus good defenses, and uh, he he took a step in the direction of proving me wrong, I thought, in this game. Uh, over, over on the uh, Indianapolis side of the ball, I think Richardson showed what people were interested in him for. He, he looked Actually, pretty good as a passer. Yeah, put, put up two hundred twenty-three yards. I mean, he has a real, at least one real outstanding receiver in, in Michael Pittman, and and he utilized him. Yeah, and and like had some decent stats: two hundred twenty-three yards, one touchdown. He also had an interception, but and those numbers are okay for fantasy. But then you tack on his forty yards and a touchdown on the ground. And he was the quarterback four in most most scoring systems in week one. So, no, I'm I'm all I'm still all in on him. I think he's going to have some up and down games for sure. But just the, the just the total athleticism, you know. I think as a passer, he's going to have the weeks where he struggles. But I think your his his floor is so high. Right. So. Yep. Uh, Deion Jackson had the most carries by far in week one for the Colts. Uh, he finished finished with a 1.1 yards per carry average. Do you think you could average one yard per carry behind an NFL offensive line facing NFL defense with well, pads and helmet? Well, the way I think of it, I, I, I have some good size for a running back. That's I'm, true. I'm six feet tall. I weigh about yeah. 210 pounds. Um, if I just fall down, if I can get to the line of scrimmage and fall down, it's two that's, yards. That's a question. It's two. Yes, that's. I think true. we have both with Terry Achilles and the, by, <laughs> by, by the third play. Uh, Deion Jackson's a guy that I I kind of sneakily liked. He's like an undrafted free agent guy, but we we covered him as a rookie, and I kind of I kind of liked Deion Jackson. Uh, you know, his fantasy totals. I, I didn't actually figure out why it would have been a negative number, but you know, at least according to like fantasy pros or whatever it was, it was negative points. So I don't know how you get negative points. 
if he he had like thirteen carries for fourteen yards or something, right? So must have been a last yardage and a catch or something. Or fumble, fumble, Fum- maybe fumble. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they're scoring. Anyway, the bottom line is, is uh, Jonathan Taylor probably made a bunch of money right there. Probably, unless Zach Moss can come in and and blow up the blow up the world. Yeah, because they they also lost Evan Hall, right? Evan yes, Hall got, Evan Hall's on IR for I think that makes puts him out for at least four weeks. Yeah, so it it's it it make it a little ugly in Indy, and uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there was some talk about well, we'll talk about this later, but no, no, we will talk about it later. So I'm not gonna bring it up now. Spoiler, okay. Spoiler alert. Well, last last player, you we've already talked about him a couple of times here on this episode, but Pittman. Uh, Caught eight eight of his eleven targets, ninety seven yards, and a touchdown. You have to be encouraged by that. Uh, uh, he's, I mean, he's. Uh, I have no come, questions about his talent. Yeah, I tried to acquire him this off season. Whoever has him, I think it was our commissioner, basically just told me to go fly a kite, and that's fine. I get it, but I was hoping that I would be able to buy him a little at a little bit of a discount. That guy and, never trades. Our commissioner he, never he, trades. He very rarely trades, but. But you know he need he, he lost Jonathan Taylor, so I did try to to pitch one of my running backs to him for Pittman, and uh, it was no go on that one. And uh, you know, there's a reason why I was asking because because I think he's a really good football player, and as long as the quarterback isn't awful, he's going to be productive. Yeah, and, and even we, when the quarterback was awful, he's still okay because that I mean, was Matt Ryan. Okay, God, I was gonna say Richardson was not awful, so I am encouraged about the uh, the Richardson Pittman connection there all right uh saints titans uh so no alvin kamara no kendry miller means that jamal williams got the full monty uh i'm not sure that's what that means but (laughs) sounds right uh he was not very effective with it however um uh, the the Saints passing game was solid. Carr had a, a nice game. Actually, was one of the few quarterbacks who actually looked like he belonged. Uh, he fed uh, Olave and Rashid Shahid. You know, Rashid Shahid, somebody I've kind of discounted. I got I, I watched him a decent amount in this game, and I, I got to tell you, uh, I, he looked surprisingly good. I think I might might be a believer. Like I might he. He might be better than I've given him credit for, so I'm starting to have an evolution of an opinion on him. Uh, we know Olave's a star. Oddly enough, Michael Kankard, Mike Thomas, uh, outsnapped Shahid quite a bit, but I just thought Shahid just looked more dynamic, and it's been a while since I thought Michael Thomas actually looked like a really good football player. Um, I do think that... They both can actually have some fantasy relevance because I think that there's a they're going to play the three wide receiver set quite a bit. Um, Juwan Johnson also had a healthy amount of targets. Um, but that's now we're starting to get into we're talking about three receivers and Juwan Johnson. It's 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 there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Yeah, and it's not a super dynamic passing offense. Right. So um, I probably between I, I'm I'm probably like okay. Olave is a superstar. Who's the number two in the team that I want? And I'm probably maybe leaning Shahid over Joan Johnson. Um, it, it might just prevent jo- Johnson from ha- really truly being a, a breakout player. But um, but I'm not. Uh, I, I, yeah, I can see it going the other way too because it takes a little takes less to be a breakout tight end, honestly, than than a receiver. So they're both exciting players. Tennessee, interesting. Uh, uh, Taiji Spears outsnapped Henry. 
54 to 48%. What? Um, Explain yourself. Well, King Henry was far more productive um, in terms of uh, usage. I mean, he just got used more. There's... The snaps were, were pretty even, but I think ultimately... Well, he was get, just given the rock more. He was just given the rock okay. more. And, and Spears got... But Spears got 27 yards and three carries, and I, that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna be noticed. And he's an explosive player while his knee holds up. Uh, and the pass game... His knee's fine. It's been holding up just fine. It's the other knee. His <laughs> other knee. Yeah, he's, his knee is great. That's true. It's the other knee. Uh, passing game, Ryan Tannehill was awful. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Traylon Burks led the team with a 90% snap share, only had three targets. Oh, D-Hop produced, um, got 13 targets with uh, with less time on the field, uh, only caught seven of those passes. They played three wide receivers most of the game. You know, uh, Westbrook Akine, uh, he was okay with uh, – 58 yards and seven targets. Uh, in terms of, and I think Diop, I'm all, I'm still all only in on Diop in this offense. It's the only only receiver that I actually believe I think, in. I think I heard today like he's he's already kind of like questionable. He's dealing with some nagging little thing. Yep, and that's and he's old, so that kind of thing will happen. But I'm just saying, there's just nobody else there that I think can has the explosiveness to be of value. So, You're not a Burks guy. No, I think Burks. I think I think Traylon Burks can he he can't play X because he doesn't have the skill set needed. He can't beat man coverage, and I think he also falls in this. Um, he's not a good enough technician to win in in zone against zone. So like you could like could he be a big slot receiver? I mean. I don't think I don't see that for him either. So the Burks falls in this kind of thing where he's just not really good at anything, and other than being an athlete. And so, can you Kadarius Tony him up and give him and and give him some some knickknacks and and weird stuff he put together? Sure, to to exploit his athleticism, but that doesn't equal a fantasy season. So that's I think where he can go. So give me the guy who is maybe gets nicked up, but is still a good receiver, and that's if I have to bet on one, that's who it's going to be. Uh, uh, Chig um, dominated playing time at tight end, eighty three percent target share. Or sorry, uh, snap share. Uh, Tannehill never looked his way; he only had two targets. So basically, I think Tannehill is going to be better. The only person that I think is actually might be productive is Dehop and that's who I'd bank on. Everything else is fluff or I mean Shig could rebound. I'm not saying no, but I'm just saying I'm who? thinking not this year. I still am in on Shig long term as a tight end, but yeah. yeah I I, I the, you tend to need a second person. I just think he's the best most likely candidate for the second thing. I just don't know how much volume is going to be there to, to have the number two guy be a valuable guy. Yep. All right. Uh, San Fran and Pittsburgh, so 49ers and Steelers. Uh, Purdy was facing a good defense here. Yeah. He looked good. He did. He looked good. He had 220 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So I think that answered some of the questions at least I had 
maybe some other people had as well. I had some questions. Yeah. Ayuk uh, went off. He looked great in this game. He had he eight didn't, targets. Didn't he, need him. He caught all of them. Yeah, you put him on your bench. Mm. Uh, but uh, caught all eight targets for 129 yards and two touchdowns. He looked He looked really like he looked like he might be entering into the I, I hate to say it but he might be entering into the Justin Jefferson phase of his career where he is just able to get open whenever he needs to I'm not saying he's that good I'm just saying there's only a handful of guys and you know it's it's your guy in Buffalo right it's Diggs, Diggs. I should remember because he played here forever but like there's these, a few receivers that can just get open, and I think Ayuk might be entering that 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 zone. He's he's good. I I think he's underrated. I think he is. Uh, Kittle Sussets six targets, which I'm encouraged by. He That's only fine. he only caught three of them. Had 19 yards on the on the day. So it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you start Kittle. I think there'll be Kittle weeks. Yes. Uh, the fact Kittle that always was, has his weeks. Yep. The fact that he was targeted six times is encouraging. Um, I'm nervous for you about Debo. Because I'm nervous if I'm a Debo roster. Well, I think there'll probably be Debo weeks as well. But Scale I, of one to ten, how nervous are you about Debo? No. Other guys do one to ten. We're going to do a scale of three to fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> and is the bigger number more nervous? Yes. I mean, I'd go to ten on the scale of three to fourteen. Okay, I yeah. think we're in the same spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really confused right now, but I'm going to roll with that. All right. Uh, over on the other side of the ball in Pittsburgh, uh, the whole offense struggled. Pickett only threw for two hundred thirty-two yards, which is more than Purdy. Right. <laughs> Uh, but had one but he touch. Looked, he looked bad. He looked bad. One touchdown, two interceptions. He was missing receivers, so his his yardage total maybe is a little misleading if you didn't watch the game. Uh, Najee only touched the ball eight total times for thirty three yards. That's weird. Um, I mean they got behind pretty badly here, so maybe they started going through the air, but not. I mean, the other Not stats. effectively. Right. So, uh, Fryermuth caught one of four targets, He for and his one target that he caught was for a three-yard touchdown. So, just not much happening in, in uh, Pittsburgh there, or for Pittsburgh, I should say. So, that might be another game where you just kind of, you know... You know Put, I'm a, not. put a note in so it. I'm not, so, so the, we talked a little bit about, is Kenny Pickett going to kind of a breakout year and this just looks a lot like Kenny Pickett to me like that's the thing and I was hoping for George Pickens breakout I'm I'm that offense is god awful for it was Pickens. against a really good defense yeah I get that but I just I'm a little you know of course this is just one week we're not saying I'm but I'm my my on a three to 14 scale on Pickens I'm like I'm like at 11 yeah. in terms of nervousness and I got to say, like, you know, Deontay Johnson's out. I'm, I would love for Pickens to have a great game, but I don't expect it. And the person that I actually think might is Kelvin Austin. Well, I was just going to bring him up. Deontay Johnson is hurt. He's out, I think, for the next four years. Is he on IR? Four years? Wow. I already know this. <laughs> four games. His career's Sorry. probably going to be no, over by the time he comes no, back. Not four years. Four games. I think, is he on IR? I, now I'm blanking if he's actually. I don't know. But he's hurt. He's he gonna, is hurt. He's going to be he's out. He's got for, an owie. 
He's going to be out for several games. Uh, and Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson actually saw six to, six for Austin, eight for Robinson target-wise. Um, so they, their targets really went on an uptick with uh, Johnson out. But uh, Austin Cal- played a lot on the outside, which is which is a little closer to what Deontay Johnson does, and, and Robinson played a lot more slot, which is probably in line with what he can do because he's old and right. broken down. Yeah, that's, so this the takeaway for me. If you, I, I'm guessing Austin maybe out there unless he's on somebody's taxi he's, squad. He's probably league. out there in a lot of leagues. But uh, he's a guy, you know, if you got a roster spot, maybe if you were a Deontay Johnson owner, he might be a guy to. To, to uh, do you remember when we profiled Austin? Like I liked Austin. I thought he looked good. I was a little surprised that he went quite as late as he did. He ran a four three two forty, and he looked explosive in college film that we watched. Um, I, I definitely think that he, uh, you know, he's had some. He had some injury trouble, you know, um, and if he's healthy, like I'm not saying he's Jonathan Johnson. That'd be ridiculous. But I'm saying like. He can he can flash here. I think that that's the kind of a guy that I might want, even if I'm not serious about him long term. Pick him up if it's not too late, and uh, if he starts looking really good, like you can make a choice of whether you want to keep him or not. But I, I just definitely think he's got enough raw skill that he could be good in this offense. Yep, I agree. All right, Washington, Arizona. Uh, so Sam Howell. Uh, he ended up putting up decent fantasy football numbers. I didn't actually write them down because that would be pointless, but we can, you know, talk Pe- about people it. Can look that people up. can look that up. I don't got to tell them stuff they already know. Um, Brian Robinson dominated running back snaps um, uh, and was at least as productive as Gibson, who was not product- productive at all. Uh, Logan Thomas sighting. Uh, he was kind of <laughs> nicked up last year. He actually... Led the team in targets. Uh, could be a sneaky ad again because of the Nicky Blanky factor with the first-year starter at quarterback. Uh, McLaurin and, and uh, Dotson uh, dominated wide receiver snaps. Neither one of them were productive. The passing offense was largely anemic. Um, basically, I'm at the point now with as somebody who rosters both McLaurin and Dotson. I'm benching them both until I see passing game production out of Howell. I think it will be there, but I want to see it first. Arizona, uh, I expected them to be horrible. Horrible. Um, They were not totally horrible, but I will say whatever Arizona gave for Josh Dobbs may have been too much. It could have been anything. It could have been like, here's uh, a a bucket of balls to practice with, and it might have been too much. Um, Unless... They're playing for Caleb Williams. Which, are you talking golf balls? The anything, bu- the any kind of balls. Like just the bounces. Bu- you get to choose the balls. Yeah, you just, just get a bucket like, of them. You would like, yeah, I would like a, uh, you know, like a, uh, uh, what what do, what do you call it? A bushel, a bushel basket of balls, a variety pack, <laughs> whatever you got laying around there. We'll take that. Um, uh, but if they're playing for Caleb Williams, which of course they are. Uh, good, good job because maybe he's going to help them get Caleb Williams. Um, James Conner got a bell cow workload, 84% snap share, which is literally about the highest number I saw. Uh, did nothing special with it. Wasn't yeah. awful, but <laughs> like, wasn't just didn't do much. You know, I did hear this stat though. 
that whoever else is touching the ball for the running in the running back room in Arizona, I don't even remember. Keontae Ingram, I think. Yes, it's Keontae Ingram. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I can pull a Keontae Ingram out of my head. And, but and not Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, That's who played here for yeah. six years. It's impressive. At least. Yeah. Um, but Keontae Ingram. skills Ing- I got. Keontae Ingram ended the uh, the game with a minus yardage. <laughs> so, like, for the running backs for Arizona, uh, a Connor had more than 100% of the production <laughs> yes. because of that. So, there you go. Uh, surprise, Michael Williams, or Michael Wilson led the team in wide receiver snaps 90%. Mm. Uh, no, he had no competition for the X receiver spot, as we talked about. Remember, this is the team that... All the other receivers are five foot seven and one hundred and fifty two pounds. Uh, that was always the best argument for drafting Wilson, which isn't a great argument. He only had two catches for nineteen yards on four, four targets. Uh, and then I also this is another little victory lap. I did say Zach Ertz was a great band aid because of D Hop left. He had almost as many targets, ten as Hollywood, Wilson, and Rondale Moore combined. The receiver core uh, combined for that appears to be 12 and he had 10 yeah i don't know that he's going to be super productive with his targets but he's going to get the ball he's going to be busy yep and i betcha i think he's still on the waiver wire in all of the leagues <laughs> he was like a backup bid for me but i happened to get the guy i wanted but like it's like one of the like you know he's just not sexy at all but i think at some point in time somebody's going to need a tight end and you're fi- finally going to realize that you bet on Chigakonkwo and he's not doing anything, or you bet on whatever and, and he's not doing anything, and so you're going to go and 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 uh, you're going to settle on Zacherts, and you're, it's going to feel gross, but you're going to ultimately eke out one extra win because of it. All right, on to the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Love, I, he looked the part. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned about keeping a quarterback on your bench for three years. Maybe. Seriously. I mean, uh, if if this continues, if Jordan Love ends up being the guy, it's I'm just so I'm so sick of Green Bay just hitting on the quarterbacks, going from one to the next. It's a little early. They played the Chicago Bears, but yes. I know. I'm just saying, if that happens, yeah. I'm going to be upset but he had jordan love had 245 yards three touchdowns zero interceptions no, he looked good that's a nice line aaron jones still has it 127 total yards two touchdowns mm. um he got nicked up he's dealing with an injury we'll see if he can play this week it looks like he probably will but um aj dylan 1.5 yards per carry average that's uh that's not you know that's not the veteran savvy of Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Jones just knows how to play the game. Just, he's a good football player. Yep. Romeo Dubs caught four or five targets for t- just 26 yards, but scored two touchdowns. Mm. Uh, Jaden Reed, who people thought might challenge Dubs for that spot, uh, caught two of five targets, so had the same number of targets as Dubs, uh, and put up 48 yards, just no touchdowns. So he looked you know, decent for the first game for a rookie. Roshan Johnson over Steel on the Chicago. darling Roshan Johnson. We yes, both liked him. Yes. Uh, on the Chicago side of the ball, he looked good. Five carries for 20 yards, plus the lone rushing touchdown for the Bears in the game. That was just more work than I expected out of him in terms Me of the too. offense. Well, and wait till you hear this. Mm-hmm. He caught six of seven targets for 35 yards. Not, not huge yardage he, he production. He wasn't supposed to be able to catch the football. 
But he also led the team, the team mm-hmm. in receptions. That is a little surprising when DJ Moore is on that team. Well, DJ Moore had two catches for 25 yards. So there you but go. But also, you know, he's a little closer to the line of scrimmage and Justin Fields can maybe hit him. So, And when I say he led the team, it's possible that there was another player with six receptions. But he at least tied for the lead in receptions on the team. I can't remember. I still think that uh, Johnson finishes as the RB1 for Chicago this year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Herbert, how'd Herbert do? Uh, fine. I mean, he had nine carries for 27 yards, so that's not a great average. That's a three yards per carry average. Uh, added three receptions for 37 yards. So it's actually similar production. Herbert did outproduce yardage-wise. Um uh, produce Roshan Johnson, but not really by that much. And Johnson got the touchdown. So yeah, no, fantasy wise, he was slightly better player. But you know, ultimately, I think Roshan Johnson's just got. I, 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 I he's not a great player. He's not going to suddenly be like. But like, I just the reason why we don't think of him more highly is simply because he was a backup in college to the best running back in college. So right. like, I just ultimately. Uh, I like Rashawn Johnson. I, I I think he ultimately is going to end up being a real a serious team leader on this team, and he's going to be a major part of that offense for a while. Yeah. All right, Las Vegas, Denver. I feel like you gave me all the games for the teams that I don't really care about. <laughs> that may have been a choice. Las Vegas. I, uh, I did get to pick first. You did get to pick first. That was my laziness. But um, Josh Jacobs was the show in the running, in the running game. Uh, he he was he was held in check certainly didn't look great uh, he's got some rust he just came into camp so I'm not too worried about it uh, Jimmy Grapple played really well um, and he uh, he did what he like Jimmy Grapple is a guy that I feel like the, we all know what he is he likes to throw the ball inside the numbers he did it with with Debo and he's doing it with Jacoby Myers and like and so. Like if Myers stands to get Debo level production and Jimmy G loved uh loved Debo, um, you know, that's great, but it also leaves Ayuk level production for Adams. And after Ayuk's game, you think that's great, but that wasn't what Ayuk did when Jimmy G was throwing him the ball. So um Jimmy G was a bad thing for Ayuk and it and it didn't matter that he was the better wide receiver. Uh I think um Overall, like they both played a ton, they both can be productive. I'm not saying here that, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be awful. He's not. He's going to be a good, good player. But I do think it's you're going to see a, an odd fixation on a guy like Jacoby Myers who might be in for a surprisingly good. Did you didn't you pick him as like one of your sleepers or something like that? I feel like you did. I did not, but I did pick him up in uh, one of my leagues this week. All right. You could have just lied and told. There's no one's going to check he, this. You he for sure was one of my sleeper picks. Yeah, there you go. I thought it was like, uh, you know, one of the underrateds or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't remember things very well, so That's it's possible. True. It's the plot of a movie. Uh, but he did get a bad concussion, though. So um, Las Vegas might have to actually see uh, what the why they paid for sixty million dollars a year to Hunter Renfro because he only had twenty two percent snap share. And they paid him a lot of money for not playing. So maybe they're going to play him this week. Uh, in terms of Austin Hooper versus Michael Mayer, it was basically 50-50 snap difference. Um, Jimmy G only 
looked to the tight end one time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they're not Kittle and, and I think Grappolo knows they're not Kittle. And he was, and I think you're just going to see not really any significant production of either of those players. Um, Denver, uh, oddly enough, Javante and Samaji Piran split the snaps evenly at 45%. I was expecting to see more Samaji Piran than Javante at this stage. So I was a little surprised that it was 45-45. But Javante did get almost twice the carries. Um, Piran was more efficient, did more in the air. Uh, So I don't know how long that will last. I think... I still think P. Ryan is, at least in the first half of the season, is going to be the, the better back. Uh, Russ didn't cook, um, but he had, he wasn't terrible. He just was he was efficient. Uh, Jerry Judy was out. Cortland Sutton dominated the receiver snaps, but really none of the receivers did anything, including Greg Dulcich, who was actually third on the team in tight end snaps, which I thought was really odd. Yeah. Uh, which makes me think the fears about Sean Payton bringing in Adam and Troutman over are kind of maybe real. I would kind of discounted this as like a thing, like, of course he's not going to play Adam Troutman and and give him the ball over Greg Dulcich, but like maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so now what, you picked Chig, I picked Dulcich in terms of tight end breakouts or whatever. We were, one of those things we were picking. Like I'm, I'm as nervous as you are with Chig. Like <laughs> it's, it is real. The fear is real. Uh, that's it. That's what I have for those for that game. All right, we're moving on to Miami and Los Angeles. The Chargers, that is only of decent Los offensive Angeles. game of the of the of the week. <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, we want offense in the NFL. Mm. Uh, Tua looked amazing. Uh, four hundred forty. Sorry, four hundred sixty-six yeah, yards. Don't undercount. Three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, just had a great game. Uh, it it uh, leads to my uh, we're one step closer to my prediction coming true from the uh, storylines and predictions episode. Right? Which was what Tua was going to break into the upper echelon of you did. quarterbacks. I think yeah. said something like that. Sure. I'm just making stuff up. Maybe uh, Moster. This was kind of another question. We weren't necessarily sure who was going to come out uh, firing first for the Dolphins in the backfield. But I most- feel like we knew it was going to be Moster first. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, there was, like, A-Chain was kind of hanging out there. Wilson got hurt, so we, we knew it wasn't going to be him. But but Mostert did leave, lead this backfield, 12 touches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. The thing that was interesting to me was that Ahmed was, for sure, the second running back up, and A-Chain was a healthy scratch. Ouch. Ouch. I think you got A-Chain instead of Zay Flowers. <laughs> well, it wasn't a trade. It's just, wasn't it? No. I'm just having fun with you. Uh, there was a huge game for Tyreek on uh, on the Miami side. There are 11 receptions, 215 yards, and two touchdowns. And they were moving. So I watched a lot of this, and I, I'm just going to call this out because no one else is talking about this. But they're putting you in motion a lot, and, and that's that's – what good coordinators do, they say, well, here's a guy that, you know, give him a running start and he's going to be great. I cannot tell you the number of plays that he had big plays where he got the running start laterally and he started, it was like watching the CFL. He would turn up before the snap mm. and get going forward. And it's like, they're never going, they're not calling this. And to me, it's like, I think, 
my guess is behind the scenes, someone is, is griping and sending a film package to their refs, and we're going to see a change here. Because it was, he's already so good. He, he, he doesn't you, need you that. You can't have him take the, the, that little tiny edge of getting two steps towards the line of scrimmage before the snap is you can't cover. Tyreek goes from being somebody who can kind of cover, maybe a little bit, to 0% chance of covering that guy. Yeah. Probably right. We're going to see some flags in the next We're going to see some flags, yeah. Uh, on the Los Angeles. If that actually happens, by the way, we are for sure going to revisit this. You're going to, I'm for sure going to take a victory of lap. Of course. A flag which, victory lap. Which you should. On the Chargers side of the ball, Herbert, uh, eh, it was okay. 228 yards, one touchdown, threw no picks. I thought he was fine. Yeah, I mean, he, he did add in some uh, rushing production. He ran five times for 18 yards and a touchdown, so that helped his game. Uh, for fantasy anyway. Eckler was great overall, but he and Joshua Kelly split carries. Now, I know Eckler hurt his ankle, I think it was, in the second half, so maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but there definitely was a lot of action for Joshua Kelly in Kelly, this game. Kelly had, he he looked, I, I actually was watching, and I was just like, what, who is that? He actually looked good. Yeah, I mean, he ran. Kelly ran for close to six yards per carry. Eckler yeah. was over seven. Well, Eckler's like this, this, this. He was kind of like the the piece on the other side of the board from Terry Kill, where he just looked like he was playing at a different level than everybody else. Yeah. But I just when when Kelly went in, I was surprised that like and maybe this is just what bad defense gets you. Uh, he just looked not like I, I didn't really believe it was him because it didn't. I've seen him play before, and he looked like looked, a different player. Looked like a different player. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they both uh, both Eckler and Kelly scored a rushing touchdown in this game as well. So I don't know. Kelly's probably not out there for you, but maybe you could make a make feel, an offer for him. I feel like Kelly is a guy that would be sitting out there in a lot of leagues. Don't you think? Could, I don't know. Could be. I, yeah, he's he's a borderline rostered guy. He's borderline rostered guy. That's true. All right, Rams, Seahawks. Now you all had. Uh, the Rams smoking the sea chickens, right? Led by Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and Kyron Williams, right? That was that was how you had this game played out, right? I feel like that. I don't know, like that spoken word you just did. Maybe lyrics to a an old seventies song or something, or to a, a new song. We could work on it. Y'all had the Rams smoking the sea chickens. <laughs> Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. Wow, it's, and Kyron Williams. Yeah. Uh that was an odd one. That was an odd one. And there are some lessons to be learned here. And the first lesson is uh, Matt Stafford is not dead. He uh, he looked as good as new. I don't understand last year at all. I mean, like, it, it was such a – the team seems so in decline. And is it really just he's healthy? Because, like, the team overall wasn't healthier. So uh, he 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 Matt Stafford looked like he looked good. Um, interesting enough, Kyron Williams outsnapped K Makers two to one. K Makers had more carries, but Kyron Williams had all the important carries. I don't know. For me, the Rams have been saying this for a while, and we just I, I am kind of out on camp K Makers. Like it's they they are. They ran K-Makers in the ground at the end of last year, and we were all like, oh, they finally realized K-Makers can still play. 
Yep. And when, as soon as they had an opportunity to play somebody else, because you remember Kyron Williams wasn't healthy. Kyron Williams was like very late drafted. I feel like he was a fifth round or sixth round pick. And I kind of liked him because he's got really good contact balance and he's not fast, but he, but he's shifty and he's, he's a smart runner. And I thought, well, you know, I could see, I was kind of, he was like a sneaky pickup for me last year. And, um, but he was hurt all year. And maybe that, maybe that is just what explains Cam Akers last year. But now I just don't think I have any reason to have any faith in Cam Akers. I've, I've not gone from somebody who, did something on Cam Akers being a good pickup earlier this year to being totally out on somebody in one week. And maybe, maybe he gets 30 carries for 150 yards next week and I'm back. I'm back again <laughs> this week, but I don't know. That's, that's kind of my thoughts. I don't know how you feel about that situation, but that to me is, I just picked up Kyron Williams. I yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's going to lead that backfield going forward. Well, we predicted that last year and it didn't happen, but he, or, but he yeah. was, you know, he was kind of like the Ty Chandler of last the last year for us, I think. Uh, Van Jefferson, I, I did suggest he was a good kind of player. He did play the most. Uh, he had the fewest targets and was the least productive. Um, uh, it Puka Nakua, 15 targets. I know. It's crazy. So it, it looked a little bit like that he just took Cooper Cup's slot snaps and they ran the offense, the Cooper Cup offense, and just put Puka Nakua instead of Cooper Cup. I don't know if I could say that twice in a row. But anyway, uh, more but spoken word. Yeah, but that's I th- it, look. If you if you're talking about Puka Nakua, you're going to have things that sound like spoken word because that's a great name. It's a great name. But uh, but that's not really true. Basically, all the receivers they they moved them all over, over the place. They, um, all the receivers played inside and outside. Uh, Puka just got fed the ball and and. I actually, you know, if we, we talked about Puka before the before the draft, profiled him. I liked him a bit. Um, I didn't think he was going to be this good. I gave him a third round grade. I just didn't have a third round draft pick to pick him with. Eddie did, so smart guy, smart move, Ed. Um, but I like him a lot more now. And 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 frankly, you just don't get that much production and targeted that much by Sean McVay without getting my attention. Like he was effective. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't expect that to continue once Cooper cup comes back, but one, we don't know that Cooper cup's going to come back. We don't know. I mean, he's, he's or, at least, or at least not the Cooper cup that we've or they've, known, but they've kind of talked a little bit about how like maybe Cooper, Cooper cup could play, but they want him to be not just, able to play, but actually be able to be effective, you know, and if they're really holding him out just for like ideal Cooper cup, uh, Puka could actually have a pretty good year. And when, once he comes back, I actually think he could still like have, have a pretty productive year anyway, because he does do a lot of things that can be productive and he can win on the outside and he's got great hands and he runs good routes. Um, and so I just think that he, I'd said, Pukunuku is not going to be the guy. It's going to be Van. I might take that back right away. Like Van's, I'm not. Next week could be a, a, a ten catches for 150 yards for Van Jefferson, right? But I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Van Jefferson taken over right. take over a game nope. yet in nope. his career. No, nope. and we just saw it on Pukunuku in his first fo- football game. So uh, there you go. On there, on the Seattle side. 
Uh, Kenneth Walker dominated snaps, uh, dominated carries even more, 12 carries versus three carries. Uh, for my opinion, this is their back until he fails, and I don't expect that to happen. He averaged over five yards per carry, and he looked pretty good. Um, Zach Charbonnet, I don't think is going to be relevant this year, barring injury. just think a lot of people kind of panicked on Ken Walker because, well, they, they spent this draft capital on Charbonnet. I don't, I don't know that that necessarily was a statement about Walker as much as it was about DJ Dallas and the rest of the backfield. So, um, that's my take on it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm less certain of that. I, I still think Charbonnet fantasy relevant. I think there'll probably be games where he is, but it's going to be hard to know which games would be my guess. Uh, Let's just say Walker is healthy every game. I'm not going to wood because I really would like that to be the yeah, case. Would, would you ever start Charbonnet? Would you that's ever the start? Yeah, and that's to me is the question. I don't ever see that happening. Could happen. I just don't predict it. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett dominated the snaps over on the Seattle side. Uh, JSN ran more routes, and they basically got equal targets. Uh, this is going to be a problem for all of them. I'm a little less concerned about DK because – I don't think he needs as many targets to be successful. Showed up this week. He had, he got the touchdown. Um, but uh, I do think there's a limited number of, uh, you know, balls to go around to these three receivers, and we've talked about this a little bit. I expect DK to take a little bit of a step back. I expect Lockett to take a little bit of a step back. I was kind of expecting Geno Smith to take a little bit of a step forward. I did not see that. So I don't know how concerned you are about Geno Smith on a 3 to 14 scale. What would you say? I'm, I'm, I don't know. What, what's a little bit ha- past halfway there? Uh, 9, 10. 9? Yeah. 10, 10. Yeah. Right. I'm concerned I, about him. I, I'm a 7. Okay. I'm not that quick because I just think the surrounding talent is, is too good for him to fail. But he didn't yeah. look good. It depends on what your definition of fail is. Like if I if I'm looking at Geno Smith as a QB one, which I think he finished as last he year, did. Um, I did. I really think that's in doubt. But is he a rosterable backup or at is least he a, still in the quarterback streamer? nine to fifteen range? I think he is probably yeah. But I'm a little nervous about it. That's all. Yep. All right, we just have a couple more games here. Uh, next one is Dallas Cowboys with <laughs> versus the New York Giants. We can we can almost skip this one. Oh, almost. I mean, the number one story we've already alluded to it a couple of times here, but the Cowboys' defense just destroyed the that Giants the in this game. Biggest ass whooping I've seen since Forty One Donut, and it might have been worse than so, Forty One Donut. Yeah, a lot of games like this, like I just get bored of and stop watching after a while. Like I was actively engaged watching this game because I was like, this defense is just so good. Or Interesting it looks so enough, good, at least. Uh, on Dynasty Nerds, Matt O'Hara was just talking about how the game was so bad that he couldn't watch it, and it, and, and I had kind of the same reaction that you had, which is I was just. Fast, also because I don't like Daniel Jones, so I was also like, not that I want the guy to get beat up, but I was also kind of, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of into the fact that he was so bad. It was kind of like a work of art. Yes, like performance it was like, art. I was, it was. It that's I appreciated just the dominance of it. Exactly. It was uh, sorry, Giants fans, but like it, it was really 
remarkable. And we've been there before. The Giants did that to the Vikings in yep. in, in uh, whatever the year that and was. It was it was in the 2020 season. It was yep. 2000. Uh, no, sorry. 2000 season. It was 2000 season. Yep. 2001, Way the back. game happened, but 41, the old 41 donut, 41 donut. game. So it was actually even worse. Then, uh, what it wasn't. It wasn't as bad. This was <laughs> so bad. All right, continue on. All right, Pollard, Tony Pollard lived up to the hype. 82 total yards in this game, two rushing touchdowns. Jake Ferguson is a guy I had an eye on. Uh, I think there's been some buzz about him, even though he hardly played in his rookie season last year. Uh, he looked bad, I thought. He, he had... Yeah. A bunch of drops. He was targeted seven times. He only caught two, and most of those were on him, where the ball just bounced off his hands. He's got to clean that up. Uh, you know, obviously he's not done, but uh, he's a young player. But that's something that concerned me. On the flip side, in a game where the New York Giants could do hardly anything, I thought Darren Waller looked pretty good. His, his stats obviously weren't that great. He only had three receptions on five targets for 36 yards. But on this night, uh, I thought he made some nice plays for his team, for his quarterback. I bl- I, I'm with you 100% on Waller. I feel like he could easily get uh, a, a, even a third of uh, Daniel Jones' touchdowns this year, um, which might mean five. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for tight ends, that'll put him. Yeah. Put him right up the ranks, yeah. five touchdowns. All right. Uh, that was a bad game. Um, I'll, I'm going to flip to actually what I thought was a super exciting game. And what I heard was like the number one rated Monday Night Football game of like all time or something like wow. that. Wow. That was Didn't, a couple of exciting teams. It was. It was the Jets. It, until Aaron Rodgers went Yeah. Back. Well, until the fourth play of the game or whatever. Uh, Jets and Bills. Um, so... Yeah, I guess, remember I said something about Zach Wilson might be, you know, under the wing of Aaron Rodgers, and in a couple of years you find out he's actually a decent quarterback. Well, we're going to find that out right away, and I don't <laughs> yeah. know that he's ready for it. Right. Uh, I didn't think Zach looked great, but I also felt like the training wheels were on. Like, they were winning the game pretty early, and, and, and the Bills weren't doing anything, and I really just, Robert Salah was just like, uh, the Bills are trying to throw this game, and we're just going to let them do it, and we're just going to do absolutely as little as possible. I will tell you, as somebody who watched Hard Knocks and followed, I mean, Gibson was one of these players that we, we were discussing about what players to, we didn't cover him, we didn't profile him, but I was he was definitely somebody I was aware of, you know, and and to watch him at Hard Knocks and and uh, and then to to finish the Monday night football game with that punt return touchdown. It was just, it was very satisfying for somebody who spent as much time as I have with these rookies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got nothing to do with the game though. Nobody cares about that. This is just my own personal story. Well, it's okay. Well, um, we got to listen to some personal stories. Yeah, sure. Um, other observations on the jet side, Brees Hall, Devin cook might be ugly. I mean like Devin cook played more for sure. Played more. Didn't really do much with his, he looked rusty and Brees Hall looked fast, but you know he was over 100 yards, I think, with like 10 yards of carry or some not quite that, but it was pretty good. Um, he didn't look it was over strong. Over 100 total yards for sure. He didn't look as strong. He's a smaller person than Cook is right now. I mean, Cook has kind of grown into his old man body, and and Brees is still not there. But I was surprised at how uh, 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 how quickly Brees has 
appears to be back. I wouldn't necessarily presume it is always going to be that way. Sometimes when you break a few long runs, like you can throw off like um, what you should expect from him, you know, play in and play out. But at the same time, explosiveness early in the recovery from the knee injury has got to be good news. You got to be super, somebody who's got pre salt you got to be super excited about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with how he looked in um, this game. So Garrett Wilson, uh, we were really high in him, or at least I was really, really high in him. I can't remember. I think you were with me on that. He was he was up in the top three for me for sure. I, I think probably even two. Oh, yeah, you did say that he might be a top three overall player this year. You, you had, I top think he three was one overall of your receiver. Receiver. You know? He was very high in, like, it might have been, like, your one of your crazy predictions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. No. With Zach, but. Um, I think he can still carve out like a workman-like season where he might, he might be one of those years where he ends up with a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, and, and and he actually has a great season as a football player. But fantasy-wise, you're kind of like, don't notice him. Yeah. Um, and then the thing is, I hope nobody drafted uh, Randall Cobb. Like the only reason for Randall Cobb's existence is just to, for Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to be quickly moved out of the offense because he's not going to go to football and he hasn't been for years, but, um, Rogers loves him. Rogers loves him, but Rogers isn't there to, right. to, to, to feed him anymore. And I think you're, you're going to start seeing some of these, some of these younger players and these undrafted receivers that they like, like Gibson and, and I think it's Brownlee. These guys are going to start playing. They're not going to be fantasy relevant this year, but, uh, give up on cop. As far as the Buffalo Bills, uh, Josh Allen looked really rough. Um, I th- he looked like he needed to sleep in a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he just didn't look like on. So I'm trying to say, like you know, um, I'm not terribly worried about him. Uh, the Jets are perhaps the best defense in the league. James Cook got all the playing time. I, I, he did still kind of look too small to be in every down back. It just didn't feel like. Oh, like he's going to be like a a, a, a prime time fantasy football player. Uh, Stefan Diggs is amazing. We already knew that. Gabe Davis, uh, to me, um, people have been he's been an up and down player. Sometimes is productive fantasy wise, but I think he demonstrated why he's not a starting caliber receiver. We're in his in his fourth year, and he's still not running routes right. Not very crisp. At least one of the interceptions was just. He got beat to the ball because he, he, he didn't really complete his route, and to mm-hmm. me, that's like kind of what Gabe Davis does. So he, he might be predictive, but I, I'm pretty sure that the Bills are going to continue to try to replace him, and that's just going to continue. Like he's not a long-term asset. Uh, Bills did run two tight end sets most of the game. Knox and Kincaid basically played equally; they got targeted equally and had almost equal production. I found that interesting because I, I heard a lot of like Knox is going to be the blocking tight end. Didn't see a lot of evidence of that. Uh, and I didn't think that Knox was a blocking tight end type coming out of college. So um, I think we might be in a situation where they're both pretty good. Over time, Kincaid's going to be the more valuable player, but the, right. the amazing rookie season out of tight end is maybe not going to happen right yeah. away. The fact that he was equaling Knox in his first game is an indication, I think, that there's higher higher long-term success for him, most right. likely. So then back to our bonus, um, Eagles 34, Vikings 28. Uh, how bad did that hurt? 
I, I view it like we're still in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Like we, all they have to do is lose all the rest of the games, and the Vikings will be can get their quarterback in the future. Yeah, it didn't. I I thought this game was going to be a blowout. So the fact that the Vikings made it even mildly interesting, you know, they only lost by six. It felt like they lost by fifteen, but. Um, you know they kind of kept they kept putting points up. You know they kept coming oh, back. Jefferson doesn't fumble that ball out the side of the end zone. They maybe win the they game. They might have won the game exactly. So it didn't. F- Damn Jefferson, he's did- awful. Oh god, that guy. No, it didn't feel like. Uh, I guess I was, I was expecting them to lose big, and they lost small, and so yeah. I, it didn't. Really hurt. It didn't really hurt. I agree with you. And if that. we get Caleb Williams out of the deal, we're honestly, we're not going to get Caleb Williams. Have I know you we're seen not. some of the other teams in the NFL? They're awful. We got Justin Jefferson. We're not going to get Caleb. I Williams. know we're not, but but like it just made me think. Like maybe they should do something like that. Like trade. Well, I've heard, I've heard trade rumors Kirk, of trading right? Kirk to the Jets. I've right. heard a Kirk to the Jets rumor, which is insane. But I think you know I'd do it, man. I'm serious. I would just tank the rest rest of the season and go for a quarterback. Caleb Williams isn't the only good quarterback in the draft. So other things that I noticed is I still don't feel like I know who the Eagles starting running back is. I feel like DeAndre Swift is the only one who I think has talent. He looked looked great. He looked good, but like he also looked like he was getting three yards downfield before anybody really got a hand on him. So it, it, it seemed like bad defense or a great offensive line. I, I kind of feel like I still don't really want any of these running backs because I just don't think it's going to be a reliable. Like, what week are you going to be able to set, put that guy in there and think, yep, he's going to get he's going to get 20 carries or 15 carries this week because I think it's going to change week to week. Yeah, it's it's almost a situation of you either need to carry a couple of them or maybe stay away from it or just take your shot on one oh, of the best, guys and see what happens. Best ball would be fine, but like in yeah. most leagues, we actually have to make a choice. Right. Like I just don't, can't imagine wanting to do it. Um, Alexander Madison, uh, he will lose this job. I don't think he is good enough to be a starting caliber running back in the NFL. He is slow-footed. He doesn't have a whole lot of power or wiggle. He is does not have amazing vision. He's a uh, jag. He's absolutely the jaggiest jag of all jags. And I do think the Vikings will take too long to realize this because I think they, he's been in, he's been in the building for long enough that they're going to be loyal to him. And also, the Ty Chandler is not exactly making the case. He didn't get uh, he actually got less work this game than the previous game. I think he only had like twelve percent snap share or something like that. Um, I did hear a Jonathan Taylor to Minnesota rumor. I thought that was interesting. I don't want that to happen, even though right. I, like Jonathan Taylor again because I want them to lose. And get a great quarterback. Um, as we discussed, Jordan Addison increased his snap percentage. Lots of three wide receiver sets, though. So they're all playing. And Addison, you know, um, you know, he 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 is a good football player. He really honestly is. I I wonder how successful he can be on the outside. I still have my doubts on that, but I I don't think you have to necessarily do that in the NFL if you have a true elite guy that you can play on the outside or at least, you know, and, and Osborne can, I, I question whether Osborne can, a lot of his, his success last year was in the slot and I feel like they're asking him to play on the outside a lot more and I think that's one of the reasons why, why Osborne is struggling because I don't know that 
between Addison and Osborne, I don't know that either one of them can really play outside. And um, and they're asking Osborne as the guy who's been in the room longer to do the job. Um, and I just don't. I think that he's going to struggle because that's not who he is. You know, yeah. he, he's he's got some skills, but those aren't it. But um, but I still like all three of them. I think they can all have their their weeks. But you know, Justin yeah. Jefferson got fed the ball a huge percentage of the time, and that's going to continue. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I would just say, in terms of impressions from this game uh, or these last two games, uh, Addison has looked better than I expected. So he's he's moved kind of the needle for me a little bit. I think when he gets more time in the NFL and kind of figures out how this game works. I think he's going to be a pretty good player actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I was, I mean, not that I thought he was going to tank or anything, but I was kind of down on him and I'm, I think I might've had that. I think, I think the issue for, at least for me, for me with the issue with him is, is where's the volume come from? And I think he's still going to be the Batman, sorry, the Robin to, he might, he might not need, he might be one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of volume though. That's true. If he can, if he can, like the long touchdown that he had, that was a live mic, Tim. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're ending on that note. They, they didn't hear a, a brown thing. note. They didn't hear a thing. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up, Sean. Yeah, we're wrapping up. All right, so uh, just want to let you know. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I think during the season, Sean and I were talking about maybe moving to a every other week format. So. Approximately. Approximately. So when uh, when we have something to say, don't yeah, don't <laughs> at me if we didn't get you didn't get your podcast up this week. Cause it'll probably be the next week then. But uh, yeah, so so maybe look for the next episode in a couple of weeks. Well, well, especially because I'm going to be out of town next week. Well, so. for sure, a couple of weeks are coming up here, but that might be the format through the season here. Uh, and, but thank you for joining us today. This was a good time. It's always fun to look at the stats over week one and see where we hit and where we missed and what that might mean for us panic hair on fire panics yes and yeah exactly so we look forward to doing this again very soon and until then bye-bye thank you for listening to another episode of steel join our community on the steel pod facebook group and follow us on twitter at steel pod 